1.2 seconds left. The Jazz will have the ball for a chance to win it. My gut tells me Bogdanovich or, or Mitchell will be involved in this play. They're going to fake it on the screen, then Bogey's going to pop out. Ingles, the designated inbounder, goes to the far side at the timeline. Conley's on the near side. He runs toward the ball, and Bogdanovich pops to the corner. He's open for three. Got it! Boyan Bogdanovich! Jazz win! Let's see who they're going to try to break free. It's Bogdanovich, corner, wide open, up. Boyan in the huddle when we were drawing it up. He, he wanted to make a certain read depending on who played the play. Then Mike also added, so the, the, the guys in the huddle manipulated the play. Oh, that's good uh, about this team and about, uh, about Quinn. He's, he's here, he listened to the players because we're there on the court, we are, we are executing. It's winning time. You know, guys are competing and, and wanting to win, so we're not going to hold anything back. And Bogey, you know, making the comment, you know, it, it showed that he, he's trying to win. I'm trying to win, Don, everybody. We're all into the huddle and uh, trying to get that last play and execute. Middleton on Bogdanovich. Looking into Bogdanovich. He's got a good look. It's up. Got it. The buzzer of the Jazz win. 103-100. Oh, my goodness. Mike was supposed to supposed to be on that corner, and I and I asked him to, to put a mic on another corner so I can I can sleep and, and have a have a board option to go on a on a high quadrant to have a shot on a slot or, or to slip to the corner. So that was that was the play. If they told me you wanted the shot. I wouldn't, or, or me wanted the shot or Johnny. But in this case, you know, I think the the whole the whole team knew that Boyan wanted the ball and, and that he was if not going to make it, going to get something good off. And if you have players that are you know not afraid of the moment and can make reads and make decisions and want the ball, that's the best thing in the world. Joe Ingles will inbound. Brooke Lopez will cover that. Robin Lopez back in the paint. 1.3 remaining. Bogdanovich uh -oh. for the victory. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. What's up, buddy? A couple of reactions to the Boyan Bogdanovich game winner. Two lead changes, two ties, the last two of each of those, the most important. And the Jazz come up with a victory. It was a game to remember and one that cements Boyan Bogdanovich as a Jazz man. I think when you look back, when the story's written on Boyan Bogdanovich's career, you'll remember this one as one of his Jazz moments. One where you say that was a true jazz man, and he showed it against the Bucks, one of the best teams in the East, on a week where they played both beasts out of that conference, the Sixers and the Bucks. And the Jazz come up with two victories in impressive fashion. Sure, it was a little dicey when it comes to the fact that 
Utah was leading 192 with 90 seconds left. But you need that hate to love. So Utah loses that lead. They malfunction offensively. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell have a little bit of a miscommunication. Ball goes in the backcourt and gets stolen. And Milwaukee climbs back into this game. But there are things to build on beyond that Boyan Bogdanovich shot. And shout-out to Ted Davis and Jim Paschke, the radio call and TV call from the away side. You got all the reactions. I just love how we solicited for fan reactions as well, and we're still playing. This is going to happen. And one of you actually called it, so congratulations to that. But we're still playing coach in our couch, and we dial up the play that we would go. You read it on utahjazz.com by Aaron Falk. It was a collaboration. It was Boyan Bogdanovich saying the read that he wanted, Mike Conley adding to it as well, an ad lib on the spot, something that they've already practiced in in their run-throughs, but they're applying it to a game, and in this game they went with that read. That's why it becomes an improv when you're playing basketball, and that was certainly what we were able to see on Friday night. Those fan videos, of course, you can check them out, utahjazz.com where to go, and all the Utah Jazz social pages as you reacted to the big game winner. The mental block for Milwaukee continues to be playing in Utah as they go since 2001 without a win in Salt Lake City. Back then it was Ray Allen who was leading that team in scoring. Thing to build off has to be the defense. It helped build a 20-point lead heading into halftime. It is a result of of really limiting the Greek freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo has been playing at an MVP-type level. You saw it last night when he was playing in a game against OKC. He is out of this world. And they contained him without a field goal in the first half. He ended up 10 of 22, 30 points on the night, but he worked for every single bucket. And they made it difficult. Rudy Gobert and company were denying him those driving lanes that he finds so, so well. And even consider this. He hit a career-high four three-pointers last time out against the Clippers before playing Utah on Friday. Giannis was going out of his world. And for him to be limited to 30 points, he got the numbers, but he didn't do it in the efficient night that he usually does. And that limiting helped go a long way to winning and deciding the entire matchup at the end offensively for Utah. Donovan Mitchell, not the most efficient night, 19 for him, 8-22, goes back to the mean when it comes to those mid-range shots. Shots weren't falling. However, being able to outlast that and have Boyan Bogdanovich supply what he can supply and do the deed, Donovan doesn't have to be going out against Milwaukee. Remember the last time those two teams played and he has to come all the way back, do a reverse Milwaukee, at least in this one, and come back, lead with 40 points, and win the ball game. Donovan didn't need to do that tonight, and it goes along with the fact that he has less stress on himself. He doesn't have as much of the burden. Mike Conley performed admirably, 20 points, and things for him are looking a lot better now from where it was at the beginning of the year. He struggles for the onset of this entire season. The story's written by McMahon, by Amick. You see him trying to adjust to his new place. 12 years in Memphis, now having a new entire place that was a trade, so he didn't sign here in free agency, but a place that he, he desired, and it is a destination that he sought out. 
He's still adjusting. And going back to the interview that we had last time out on Round Ball Roundup, Justin Zanuck and company knew this was would take some time to get it get used to. Mountain Mike wasn't going to be on the first game. And it started with Philadelphia where he's delivering more Mike Conley-esque performances. And the way that he delivers Mike Conley-esque performances is by being somebody to initiate the offense, by being able to hit open shots, by using that space that is now afforded to him from that Memphis system where it was a little clogged up in the paint. He's starting to turn the quarter, and again, things are better now. Week ahead for the Utah Jazz. Warriors tonight, they're coming off of a bad road trip away from Golden State, 2-8 and eight on the year. Things not looking great. This team just isn't as talented. When you don't have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, or even Kevin Durant of last year, you're not going to be as good, and it's showing out with the guys that they're playing, the lineups that they're rolling out. Eric Paschal, Donovan Mitchell's AAU teammate, he is dealing with injury, something with his hip. He might not even be out there, and this is a rookie that's playing so well for them. D'Angelo Russell, their key acquisition in the offseason, he scores 52 against the Timberwolves on their road stretch, and they still lose the game. Steve Kerr is going off in post-game pressers that this team can't accept their fates. Well, look at the fates. I think this looks as a final destination in the lottery. Nets on Tuesday, another team out of the Eastern Conference that, in my opinion, could be a playoff team, comes to Vivint Smart Home Arena. Brooklyn 1-1 one one in their start of a five-game road swing away from Brooklyn. Last night against the Suns, though, that's to throw it in the garbage game. Not indicative of what they've been doing, though there are some points that you can say are 100% that team. They turned the ball over a bunch. Leads to Phoenix delivering 31 points off of turnovers. And the Suns continue to have competent play. Ricky Rubio is a great NBA-level point guard. And him providing stability, defending Kyrie Irving, bottling him up to 15 points, that can go a long way. Brooklyn turns the ball over the most on average in the entire league, and it showed up last night. And if you're looking at Tuesday, that's something that the Jazz need to force out of that. Defensively, they aren't defending at an elite level. Damian Lillard went off for 60 points against this team. They have only one lineup that is a sub-100 points per possession lineup, and it involves Torian Prince, Jared Allen, Garrett Temple, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Kyrie Irving. Beyond that, it is all above 100 points per possessions. When they go to their bench, DeAndre Jordan just gets cooked. He's a rim protector, but beyond that, he can't provide that much. Beyond that, they're just giving up buckets. Don't develop turnovers, which doesn't lead to those transition buckets, and really makes their job a whole heck of a lot difficult. They can play multiple lineups and can go even four, three guards deep. I think if you look at the defensive identity, it just isn't there. You know, the Jazz, we talk about defensive identity every single game, and it showed against Milwaukee and Philadelphia. I mean, it showed against the Bucks with a high point, Rudy Gobert blocking the MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Depoy against MVP, and the Depoy comes out. If you're looking at Quinn Snyder and a Quinn Snyder coach team, you know that the defense was going to show up. It's now time to see where where's that offense going to be going forward and when you look towards this week it's trying to see that offense continuing to get going then friday mountain mike returns to memphis for the barbecue and reuniting with his old club i'm sure that'll be an emotional night 
and we'll have more on that on Friday. Once again, make sure to check out our interview with Justin Zanuck. We did it last week, Aaron Falk and I speaking to the GM, and he discusses a lot of things, including Mountain Mike and his adjustment to this Utah Jazz team, but also his opera days. You learn a little bit about Jay-Z and how he came up into this business, how he decided to go into front office work and, and join the ranks as an agent originally, and then into the backroom setting. Justin Zanuck, again, that available wherever you get this podcast on Round Ball Roundup. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you can listen to us. Make sure to give us a review. Five stars and nice comments are all I ask of you. We'll be back on Friday. I'm J.P. Chunga. Until next time, bye for now. Conley's on the near side. He runs toward the ball, and Bogdanovich pops to the corner. He's open for three. Got it! Boyan Bogdanovich, Jazz win!